spring forward at Banana Republic Factory with 50 to 70% off everything. Shop season favorites from colorful dresses to easy tops from $19.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. Enjoy 50 to 70% off almost everything at Gap Factory and GapFactory.com. Shop tees from $6.99 and joggers from $24.99, plus extra 15% off online. Exclusions apply. Shop the sale through April 6th. Harvard Business School Online offers professional certificate courses that are 100% online and can be completed on your own time. Discover how HBS Online can help you take the next step in your career and try a free business lesson today at hbsonline.info. Welcome in to DC On Screen 344. This is the DC TV News. I am your host, David Z. Robertson. This is my co-host, Jason Goss. Hello. Guess what happened today, man? What's that? I, I got, I received in the mail from the Warner Home Video Archive... You finally got it. The the Zeta Project. Oh, season two. you finally got it. I did. Well, I I, did. I admire your uh, your your strength that you're still mm-hmm. stopping to do this podcast instead of watching that. Absolutely. I mean, this is a thing that I've been waiting on for a while. Yeah. So yeah, I got those uh, those episodes, and I'm guessing they released this news in tandem with the day that they knew that they were going to be sending out those pre orders. Mm-hmm. Because they have announced that they are actually doing Static Shock Season 2. They don't have a date yet. We haven't seen any art. But they say it's coming. Excellent. So they got enough traction. I guess so. And my Static Shock Season 1 will be here before the end of the month. Now, what, and they were I'm very pleased. What, four seasons, I want to say, of Static Shock? Absolutely, yeah. So Four um, seasons. Just keep buying, people. You'll get it all. Yes, sir. That is the lesson. That's really, uh, that's really most of what we talk about here. <laughs> Spend your money. That votes. Those votes count, man. Mm-hmm. Vote with your dollar. Uh, Gotham news. We haven't had Gotham news in a while. It feels like. It was bound to come around. Yeah. Uh, David Mazus. That's the way I've been told that we have to say his name. Nah, David Mazus. Uh, this one, I just about, think we should come up with our own interpretations of everyone's name mm, and roll with it. That doesn't sound like a good idea at all. Robin we should at least Lord get close. Taylor. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. No. We we've seen what happens when you're when you're set to just make your own pronunciations of people's <laughs> names. It was a disaster. All right, I for almost two years now you've referred to Moira Queen as. <laughs> Yeah, I understand. David David Mazus was talking about what we can expect for the remainder of Season 3. He says, Court of Owls, Court of Owls, Court of Owls. The last eight episodes are going to be very heavily Court of Owls. They have a plan. As I said, Bruce is going to be at the center of their plans. They do something to him that goes back to the very beginning of the show. Is something I would say is emotional, but it's beyond that. It shakes the core of Bruce's being. He'll never be the same. It will transform him, and that's going to be his arc in the last eight episode uh, episodes. Uh, about his clone, you will see him in the very next episode. The Court of Owls will become extremely, extremely present in the last eight episodes. 
At the center of their plans is Bruce Wayne. Bruce and 514A are instrumental to that plan. Something huge will happen with Bruce in the Court of Owls that will change him forever and ultimately help transform him into the man we know he has to become. That all sounds wonderful. That sounds pretty cool. It either sounds really cool, or like the Court of Owls are going to make Bruce into a friggin' uh, Talon, so nah. he'll be like genetically predisposed to be Batman. I mean, that they they could do that. I mean, they're gonna. It's like they're gonna like shimmy up the old uh, the old Eric Von Hulk ladder. You know, like, we'll do it on a genetic level. No, they <laughs> they could get away with that probably on the show. But I'm excited about two things. Uh, one, the shake him to his core. I, I want to watch David play this shake it to his core kind of. I, 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 mm-hmm. I'm excited about watching that actor get to do this. And I'm actually really excited about Alfred reacting to that. I wish this show wasn't set in like a timeless situation. What'd you open Because for? I just want, I want one scene where Alfred walks in to find Bruce dancing to shake it off by Tay-Tay. <laughs> And then Bruce realizes he's there, and he's very, very embarrassed. Oh, but you could do that in any era. And Alfred goes, right then? And they just move on. They never never address it again. You could do that in any era. But it it doesn't mean that I don't think that would be hilarious. That would be great. Yeah. I'm the Supergirl. It sounds like a good back half of the season they get planning. They're as, going into like as, June, by the way. They are. I yeah. mean, if you're just hardcore, don't plan your vacations in early June. Wait till July. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, uh, heading into Supergirl, as if Tay Tay wasn't enough of a Supergirl for you, uh, Christberg <laughs> on the LA limitations for Supergirl. Christberg says. Uh, about season one in L.A., it was really hampering the storytelling. It's never easy to make these shows, but now we have the money to tell the stories we want to tell. He pointed out that in four episodes of season one, the villain stopped by Kara's apartment as evidence of economics forcing the writing. <laughs> I Now I kind of feel bad. I forget what yeah. we were talking about, but I actually remember us making fun of like, oh, they just dropped by. Just dropped by Kara's app. Yeah. And yeah. and now I feel a little bad because you know they just they only had so much, yeah, you had to write it for a certain set because that mm-hmm. costs less and yeah okay I, I yeah we all we we all get it and, and I was being short sighted I'm sorry all right Christberg take off the eye patch put away your tin cup we get it <laughs> you get our pity I, I like them acknowledging it though, because I, I specifically remember us. <laughs> I I'd have to go back and watch to to even know who they were talking about. Um, yeah, yeah. But I definitely remember us referencing like, why are they just showing up? Yeah, I'm just kidding, Kreisberg. I love you. You're doing a great um, job. Though. <laughs> he is. Keep it going. I like Andrew Kreisberg. Mm-hmm. You know, even if he wasn't doing a great job, I just like him. After the the Fat Man interview, it didn't hurt. No, he was he was uh, he was fantastic on that. He is. He was fantastic on that. But you know, every interview I've ever seen of the guy, you know, I've never seen him lie to us. That's you know? a good point. That's, he's Kreisberg is is proof, you know, positive that you don't have to lie when you're an executive producer. Yeah, Guggenheim miracle. <laughs> I was gonna mumble miracle um, <laughs> if you didn't. I'm calling him out. I like how. Fl- what I like is. how. Fl- 
Phil Klemmer is just totally quiet all the time. He's just like, yeah. I'm just over here making my... I don't know why, but I imagine he's French. I'm just over here making... No, Canadian French. sounds German, but I can't do it. Like, more honest French. Um, <laughs> I am making the legends of tomorrow. There is no need to be alarmed. I'm simply over here making... Look, I'm eating snails... I simply make my show. You question me not? If you did not like it, it was Guggenheim. Yeah. (laughs) Berlanti told Um, me. (laughs) No, no, no. Greg Berlanti is salt of the earth. Salt of the earth. (laughs) It was Guggenheim. I see him going back to German. I can't do the accents. No, I know. I know. We just shuffle around. Anyway. Uh, Kyler Lee was talking about Alex and Maggie's future, said they have a lot to grow together. But they... Is that a sentence? They have a lot to grow... To, whatever. I don't know. I, also, is it they Shire have a lot Lee? To grow together. I'm still confused about that. I I was told it was Kyler. Okay. We have an open invitation for anyone to give us phonetic pronunciations to any of these things, so... just Oh, and they do. Yeah, and keep it coming. They do. We might remember it and actually do it. I usually remember it. I might I mean, also you know, remember it and actually do it. I mean, I get I get pronunciation advice from, you know, um, Matthew Ryan Cronin, mm-hmm. my girlfriend Bethany, uh, Brent and Andor Scott from the Suicide Squadcast. Mm-hmm. So, you know, a lot of different people tell me how to pronounce things. And, uh, you know. And apparently we need the help. I try. Mm-hmm. I try. I think you actually go out of the way not to do it right. Me? Though. Yes. I, I just have a. It's a it's a level of zero fucks. <laughs> it's not negative. I don't go out of my way to do it wrong. It's just that I see a word and say a word, and if it's wrong, it's yeah. wrong. And so I don't you dug think around past the closet. It. Dug around the closet. You looked in the drawers. You checked in the cupboards. None to get none of them out there. Yeah, and I, I I couldn't bag them. Like set a little trap in the corner. Waited a few nights. Looked in the glue trap. None there. And I, 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 so I tried to gather them, but I, I just, I see a word, I right. say it, I go on with my day. Yeah. Little bastards like four leaf, clo- four leaf closers. Clo- God, I can't talk. Four leaf clovers, <laughs> you can't. Sorry, guys. Cough medication. Um, that's what we'll say. Wee. No, I'm, <laughs> I've been sick all week. I'm not all here. But yeah, uh, Kyler Lee, though, says they have, Alex and Maggie, they have a lot to grow together, but they are realizing how serious they are about each other. So I think there's some things coming up that would take it maybe to the next level. I don't know what that means, but okay. Um, I I, I just figured it was like the the next level of like intimacy or or reliance or, uh, you know, that healthy mm, next level of codependency that we all take. Yeah, it says... (laughs) Is there such a thing? Uh, <laughs> it says, remember, we've been told they are about to run into Maggie's ex, and we'll be getting more details about how Maggie came out. I mean, do they live together? I'm very unclear. No, they they have uh, open dialogues in the last few episodes about your place or my place, and we're doing this or this. Okay. Or so it's it's not necessarily at all that they're 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 not cohabitating at all. They're just still, you know. Okay. They just both have apartments and constantly run the fireplace. And, and yeah, constantly um, run the fireplace. Light candles. And, uh, yeah, light candles. They're every, just pedals everywhere. everywhere. Just so much light and, and arson. 
uh, I feel potential. like some young I feel like some young people might be getting a false view of lesbianism and they might be looking for something that's not there. Like it's not that romantic. There's not just there aren't that many candles. And rose petals everywhere. Or rose petals. Have we seen rose petals? <laughs> I don't know. I, I think you might be making up the rose petal. <laughs> that might be true. <laughs> but the that's really dangerous. Don't keep lighting those fireplaces. No. Like they seriously never t- they never t- <laughs> they never snuff out their fire on this show. The fireplace thing is weird. I freely admit that. But I had it's odd. I had uh, this is this is real. I had a uh, a mattress like a mattress and and a, a quilt covering mm-hmm. and uh, about a twenty four pack of of little vanity candles and and like a lighter in my trunk yeah. when I was sixteen years old. In well, case. that's just weird. Just in case. No, it came in handy a few times. <laughs> of course it did. <laughs> because the people you run around with. <laughs> Wait, I'm one of the people you run around with. Not Damn when it. I was 16. <laughs> when I was 16, I was being hopeful and, and, and optimistic. And um, it paid off a couple times. And yeah, when I was 16, my version of being hopeful and optimistic was, hey, maybe that uh, episode of Andy Griffith that I don't have on VHS will come on cable and I'll get to tape it today. Well, that too. Well, you know. Not with Andy Griffith, sure, but, you know. <laughs> I always hoped yeah, I would turn into Nick Dick Knight. Dyke. Yeah, I was hoped I, I <laughs> yeah. literally, I was going to say that. I, I always hoped I would turn into, like, Nick at Night and find the lecture. The Dick Van Dyke episode where he ends with the lecture right. with the slapstick comedy. I always hoped I would find that again. Oh, man, that's a great one. Isn't it a great you know, my favorite bit? one, though, my favorite one is where, uh, like, what was, was the uh, the walnuts with the Martians? No. Oh, you know, God. and he, like, loses his thumbs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, like, he opens the, uh, he opens the, the closet and, and, like, Mary Tyler Moore just comes, like, Laura just comes, like, rolling out with all the walnuts. Mm-hmm. Phenomenal show. Anyway, one of my favorite weird bits was like he gets her this uh, this this necklace and it's this weird Egyptian awful thing. It's it's, <laughs> it's like Beyonce couldn't pull this shit off. It, it, there's no way. It's just terrible. It's costume jewelry times costume jewelry to the third power. Jason, what? Jason, what at? You're gonna, you're gonna say pull Beyonce could pull off anything? No, no, absolutely no. <laughs> No, not this. Not this. It, the, it, my favorite part of that episode is like it, he invites friends over to show her the necklace, and like he has her, he has his Mary Tyler Moore in the or Laurie Petrie, in in the the bay window, and like opens the Laurie, curtains to her. Laurie, Laurie Petrie. Sorry, I said. I think I said uh, Laura earlier. Um, it uh, was it opens up the bay it. window to reveal her, like real nervous. It. I don't know. I, I really did love that show when I was coming of age yeah i mean it's been years since i've seen dick van dyke show you know um, so you know any names i got wrong i apologize for any hardcore dick van dyke fans out there apparently we do have a uh, a sizable portion of our audience is the plus 65 crowd so who so knows I apologize i apologize please write us in if you can figure out how to use the internet and uh, let us know <laughs> we're available by email uh snail mail i don't know what you know I, I I'm also, just kidding, by the way. Um, last thing, I promise. I one of my favorite running jokes <laughs> from that show was they would they you know they were sketch writers for the, the the comedy show and they'd write a they'd write a sketch and it'd come back and there'd be like a, a crumple of paper and like Dick Van Dyke would look at it and go oh no that's that's Mel's crumple like he 
he personally had crumpled <laughs> it up. I'm like, oh, yeah, no. No, he personally rejected this. Yeah. Well, that was fun. What's actually happening we now? Should, you know what? <laughs> we should just do a separate podcast about comedy. Because we talk about this stuff all the time between me and you. No, we we haven't we haven't the time or energy. We're just going to interject it on this, on, on this poor podcast we're doing now instead. Yeah. <laughs> on to the Flash. That's a good transition. On to the Flash. Say it like that. That means seriousness. But levity as well. <laughs> there's some a little. There's a little bit of news about Savitar revelations, uh, about the reveal of Savitar. Daniel Panabaker says, slowly different characters are going to learn who Savitar is. I like that. That sounds really cool. Yeah. That sounds cool, but it also sounds a little bit like Arrow, we're going to keep it secret from everybody else crap. I, maybe they could get really clever with it, and we we know we know we know the Flash Riders are capable of being mm-hmm. super clever. But we also know they haven't been terribly clever the last like three episodes. Yeah, so. well, they've been a little downer the last few episodes, and I've seen some press that that says as much like, "Oh, what happened to all the fun in the Flash?" Well, you could take some time. Anyway, she says, "But I don't know if the audience is going to be told anytime soon." See, that's not okay. I- Yes and no. I kind of, I like the idea that some of the characters are going to know and we won't. Yeah, maybe. Hmm. Grant Gustin, our resident Barry Allen, says it's not the same as past reveals. With Zoom and Reverse Flash, the audience was starting to realize things before we all started to piece it together. But I don't know how you would know this year. And when you do find out, it's like, oh my god, there are really no secrets or hints leading up to it. What do you make of that, man? I I like it. I like I like I want to be that surprised. I want to watch the it's show. It's so dramatic I don't believe it. There's that too, but I I, I like the bravado <laughs> of it where I, I wanna yeah. watch it and go, Oh my god, I never saw that coming. But I also kinda yeah. think, eh, there's a lot of theories out there right now. It's Joe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like what would the what would be the one thing you didn't you didn't guess? It would be Joe. It would be Joe. Or that he his Avatar was Iris. Uh, yeah, like Savitar's Iris or something, or... And you know, Iris being a speedster, not without precedent. Yeah, I guess it is in there, but... And maybe Savitar would kill Iris just to keep Savitar from having to endure the eternity in the spe- trapped in the speed forest going insane over and over again. Maybe. I, it, it, it's it's just, it's a, it's a hard guessing game right now, and um, I kind of want to save my guessing. For, for the Flash reviews, I guess. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm fine with that. I just enjoy doing it here, too. I just keep doing it. No, I say that because I need another episode of The Flash to do any better guessing. No matter what, I'll be right. Mm-hmm. Because I just guess everything. Right. I tell you who does know who Savitar is, though, is uh, Abracadabra. I'm a little sad that it's going to be that jerk-off that played Dwight on Gotham. It will be. <laughs> You're going to get that. But Andrew Kreisberg says the 18th episode will involve Abracadabra, and that Abra, the douchebag from Gotham who played Dwight, being from the future, knows who Avatar is. He says it becomes a moral conundrum to let Abracadabra go in order to learn Savitar's identity. It's one of those great morality plays. 
Can you be a hero if you do one bad thing for the greater good? Well, yeah, it's not really our morality play. It's, it's a yes. It's a qualified yes for me. Uh, he also teased but that episode is a morality 19. play. I mean, no, no, that no. that's the definition of a morality play. Doing it any is. one good thing for bad thing or bad thing for good thing or whatever. Yeah, it is, to be fair, but, you know. Anyway, he also teased episode 19 as, as having a trip to the future for Barry. Uh, I'm not sure I saw that floating around, too. And, uh, you know, it's uh, uh, Barry deciding that he has to go to the future to find out who Savitar is so he can stop him before Iris bites the bullet. It seems obvious somehow, mm-hmm. but I'm down for it. I, you know, I just hope, like, my fear... And it's not really even a fear. It's just a stupid desire of mine. I want him to go, like, really far into the future. <laughs> like, 50 years, and then just, like, move back on, like, like web headlines or whatever. Be like, oh, yeah, it was that guy. Cool. <laughs> like, Why'd you go so far in the future, Barry? Mm, wanted to. <laughs> well, it, it makes you wonder, you know, why didn't we think of this before? Why don't we just go yeah. 100 years in front of that or 50 years in front of that before like the, the news gets scattered and history starts to, you know, be written by the victors and so on. Just let's just go, I don't know, 17 months in front of that where the, the, sure. the news is pretty, pretty raw. Yeah. <laughs> uh, popping over to some Supergirl Flash news, Monel and Iris. Um, their roles have been revealed in the musical. Candace Patton says Barry and Kara envisioned this world where Iris's character and Monel's character are very, very deeply in love with each other, and that obviously throws them off because those are their love interests. Um, that's kind of fun. Yeah. Uh, what's interesting is apparently uh, Melissa Benoist and the guy that plays Monel—I can't remember his name. I never. Chris Wood is that? Is that right? I think that's right. I, I, I don't know. Go for it. Sure. They're actually, they're actually, uh, uh, you know, whatever, knocking boots. In Are they dating? <laughs> yeah, bumping uglies, as they say. That's a pretty couple. <laughs> it's a terrible way to describe it. What's wrong with me? <laughs> that your mind was any better, but yeah, whatever. <laughs> the poster for the musical has been uh, revealed. There, the poster is out, and. Uh, Good-looking shot. Barry being used as a marionette puppet. Okay, it sounds more sexual when you say it out loud. I mean, does it? I was honestly, like, I didn't think about that. I honestly just thought, like, hey, that sounds like season one with, like, Harrison Wells pulling the strings. I I, I know, and actually, it, it makes a, a ton of sense. I just, when you said the sentence dry, I thought, oh, that sounds that sounds off. When I said what? Uh, like, saying the sentence dryly, uh, oh. it, it sounds it sounds off. Oh, it's a good it's, it's a good looking shot of Barry being used as a marionette, as a marionette puppet. Yeah, it, it does sound kind of. It doesn't sound, sexual, doesn't it? It's not representative of the the actual posters. Well yeah. done. Um, go look it up. It is uh, absolutely SFW. You'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Not a lot of wood then. Just the just the two planks crossed over. See, and there we go again. <laughs> <laughs> he told me to meet him outside the, in the back alley. He said there would be no strings attached. Yeah, there are. How did we bang that bad? Because we're us. That's uh, sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, everyone. Uh, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is spongy and bruised. <laughs> it's a spirit. <laughs> so Todd, Todd Elbing said... Uh, 
the he was talking about the actual impact of the musical. He says, "You'll see at the end of the musical where Iris and Barry are. It sort of kickstarts the last six episodes. God, the last six episodes. It doesn't seem like there's only six left. I know. Um, there's another episode further down the line." where Barry does something to get a key piece of information to help them, and that really snowballs into the last couple of episodes. Candace Patton adds, I think for Barry and Iris, there's always a way to come back. They are really and truly each other's true loves. They just have to get on the same page and stick with it. They could. That's up to the writers, sweetie. Yeah. Stop soap operating me. <laughs> it is, but she's got a point. Yeah. There was a bit of, uh, now this was, I think this is all from the Paley Fest, right? I think so. Was all if this I know, from the if, Paley if Fest? If I know what you're talking about, I, I think it's coming up. Okay. Uh, Kreisberg was talking about, uh, <laughs> Joss Whedon's influence on the musical episode. He says, you think of Hush or The Body or Once More with Feeling. And what's so great about those episodes is they didn't stop the ongoing narrative of the season to step outside and do something fun. Those episodes really spoke to what the characters were going through. We kind of set it up so that both Barry and Kara would be at romantic crossroads. When they go into the musical episode, they're both in the same place. And they can go on this journey together to either get back the love that they think they lost or not. Um, see, that feels to me, because we felt like it was a really stupid decision for Barry to be like, last episode, for Barry to be like, I don't know what we're doing here. Blah, blah, how can we move forward with the thing? Right. And um, I think they forced that so that they could do the musical episode. Because they wanted this musical episode to be more like Once More with Feeling. <laughs> where great character rel- uh, revelations are had and uh, you know everyone you know there's something emotional seeing about i feel like that's what they did here and um you know you didn't you didn't say it in that many words christberg but i kind of feel like you know hack move man hack no, move. that's that's um that's my take that's possible i'm also just happy that the musical will mean something there is also that. Like, I was worried that I, it wouldn't. I, yeah, I'm willing to take this trade off. Like, all right, you had this weird moment at the end of Flash that just it it it, it didn't it 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 doesn't make sense. I'm I like I've considered it a few times. I'd love to have someone like point out some giant emotional construct where it makes sense, and I'll I'm I'm happy to listen. But mm-hmm. it just didn't make sense, and. To go into the the musical episode, we we thought, hey, okay, so apparently uh, Music Master just kidnapped some minutes a bottle episode. Like that's what we were talking about a few episodes, uh, a few weeks ago ourselves. Um, yeah, I like the idea that they've taken that. Like they've taken the Whedon instinct. They've taken uh, at least they've they've thought about it, and it's going to evolve the emotional relationships for the characters involved. It, okay, thank goodness there's something yeah. that's going to matter here. Because it's it's not like I don't it's not like I wouldn't enjoy this episode. It's just I want it to matter a little bit. Sure. I mean, there are bottle episodes in every season. You, you always have like a villain of the week or or just yeah. You don't have to advance it sh- every time. You, this it, can't. This would never be in a million years be considered a bottle episode. Even even if it didn't advance the plot, because a bottle episode is uh, an episode that uses existing sets. Because they're specifically <laughs> trying to save money. Yeah, but that's that's like it's the economics version of a bottle episode. Like a bottle episode in in uh, in terms of writing, it's the narrative. Yeah, in terms it's of the narrative, narrative is, yeah. is just this happened here. 
period. Economically, it's the opposite of a bottle episode. Oh, it's economically, like going it's, out of the, yeah, they, it's going out of the way to make like an expensive-ass episode. Oh, completely. There's nothing, no weight on the actual narrative of the overall season. Yeah, like, yeah, you're right. Like normally, a bottle episode is like, oh, what if we just kept it on the bridge of the Enterprise? Uh, that's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> yeah, and in this case, it's it's uh, the term has evolved to to incorporate like, oh, what if we just uh, kept it so that this this uh, this episode involved uh, this amount of characters. And it didn't affect the overall storyline. It was just a, a thing that has nothing to do with the rest of the arc of the series. Mm. Even in the sub uh, sub characters, but I, 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 I do appreciate that they've kind of come out and said, "Oh no, this is going to actually affect at least the romantic storylines of the respective yeah. series." Yeah, absolutely. That is nice because I was bitching about that like two weeks ago. By the way, you know you we want to know what the best bottle episode of Star Trek is. Go for it. Star Trek II: The Wrath of Khan, pretty much. <laughs> Almost right. the entirety of the entire movie ta- all, it takes place on either the Enterprise Bridge or the Reliant, which is a redress of the Enterprise Bridge. All right. <laughs> all right. It and. It builds upon the characters in ways that we had never even thought they would do. It furthers the storyline for those characters. It enriches the entire franchise. Very well done. Bottle episode. Um. <laughs> All right. We, sh- we we could do commentary on bottle episodes for a while. All right. All right. So yes. Wh- moving on. Quick question. <laughs> Between sure. two bottle episodes. Okay. I forget the uh, I forget the names of each of these, but um, the 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 Who Took My Pen episode of Community. Okay. You remember? I believe the answer was Annie's boobs. <laughs> Annie's boobs, yes. Um, but that was revealed. <laughs> I don't remember re- the name of that the episode. was revealed quietly. No, I don't remember the names of these episodes. Or um, ah, oh, what was uh. What was happening with the on, on Rick and Morty with the, the the fake characters that didn't actually exist? Oh, um, well, there was... <laughs> it all takes place in like the living room, but it's it's all yeah. Uh, I don't think that counts because it's animation. <laughs> Maybe it does. I don't know. It was pretty know. bottled. It was bottled, but I'm not. I mean, do they? I mean, I guess they have to get they have to spend extra to paint new background scenes. Oh no! I'm, I'm uh, no. The the term has evolved to to mean like if it took place inside this amount of uh, space. Sure, I'm good with it. I don't remember the name of the episode, but yeah, it was like some sort of parasite that like feeds off of you, and you believe that that person has been there your entire life, but they're not really part of your life. Right. They were just. Uh, and of course, uh, the character that we've never seen before, who turned out to be real, was Mister Poopy Butthole. Right. <laughs> Ooh wee! <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful times. Wonderful times. Which to, to to have you embrace a character named Mr. Poopy Butthole and care is about a him. feat beyond and care about him is a feat beyond anything I've ever been able you to achieve. You watch him 
like so. not being able to get off of bed and and like muttering to his doctor about who should should leave the the <laughs> the visitor area <laughs> and you care yeah anyway <laughs> over to legends there's a surprise cameo coming on the penultimate uh legends episode guggenheim says of course it's guggenheim so you know grain of salt guys guggenheim, <laughs> guggenheim says i will call it a surprise crossover no one knows this because we've kept it under wraps but there's a surprise cameo surprise crossover moment in the penultimate episode of legends he also said to expect a satisfying Easter egg in that episode and Katie Cassidy's appearance in the season finale. I'm going to go ahead and guess that the character is Barry Allen. That sounds good. I mean, we, we've been teasing all, already up, all season. Yeah. And also, Guggenheim is not a surprise if you tell us to expect it. <laughs> yeah. I'm starting to see, I'm starting to see some of the problem with your narrative. You don't know what words mean. Like surprise. <laughs> Maybe shut up about the thing. Surprise or expect. <laughs> it's like, I'm not going to tell you how or when, but we're going to throw you a surprise. But exactly this thing is going to happen now and then. You only have a finite number of characters to think about. And if you think about it hard enough, none of them are a surprise. Therefore, no matter what you do, nothing you've done is a surprise. And that's the magic of television. I'm sorry. Just dipshit. (laughs) We'll probably still end up being wrong for some reason. Jeez. Yeah, unless uh, it's probably going to be Booster Gold. You know, like, what? But except I've now just said it. So if it happens, I'm not going to be surprised. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> by the way my friend Kara asked me and I didn't have an answer she said why didn't they just chuck that Spear of Destiny piece that was in the American flag on the moon why didn't, she just, why didn't they just chuck it into space I didn't have an answer she said that would have solved all the problems I thought yeah that would have been pretty good <laughs> that would have solved all the problems yeah the, the Legion of Doom couldn't have gotten all of the Spear of Destiny yeah they could have no shit was in space in space with a super scientist that could probably track it down over time. Ah. No, seriously, that we're talking about a super scientist on the level that he could have like seen the trajectory of the chucking and taken a decent guess in his own time if he felt like it. And uh, uh, no, no, you, you can track in down space. anything in space. You think? Just, just very nearly anything in space. Yeah, maybe. Especially if you know where it lifted off. You know what? I don't have a mind for science, so I don't know. It, I'm going to headcanon that you're correct. <laughs> you need a reflection of fission or light to 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 give you a basic idea of where something is. That's it. You know what I know about you know what I know about fission? You can't drown a fission sun in a lake. No, you cannot. That's what I know about fission. That's a fact. And I feel pretty good about it because apparently Sam Raimi didn't know it. <laughs> <laughs> or care. Uh. Oh, Spider-Man 2. Why? No. Why, Spider-Man 2? It was a down point. On to Arrow. Oh, Arrow. (laughs) Down to Rest X. So, back to not knowing how to pronounce names. Lexa Dog, maybe? Mm. Every time I see her name, I think it's either Lexa Dog or Lexa Dong. I don't don't know what to do with hers. But, uh, I'll say it. It's like eight letters and we still fuck it up. According to Arrow's Talia. Mm Mm-hmm. 
This is how the producers kept the crew from knowing who Prometheus really was. So I'll be in for, say, half a day. And you see on the call sheet the list of the other casts that are in. And even when Prometheus is playing, there's no cast member listed next to the name of Prometheus. So even working on the show, I have no idea who's supposed to be playing Prometheus when I look at the call sheet. Because it doesn't say, and nobody tells me. Apparently even Adrian Chase didn't know. So that's fun. Just, so, so like when you go back and watch the season, I don't know why you would, but if <laughs> it was a pretty good season, but so far, it, but it was uh, a good know, season. Go back, you could rest assured because we now we know we've been told a the guy Josh Segura did not have any idea he was Prometheus. So all of that like nuanced acting he was doing, he was just doing it. Yep. Uh, Josh Segura said, "I remember hearing the name throughout, but I didn't associate that with my character." I don't know why I didn't. You're waiting to get to work, and you're waiting to see a post online that says you're joining the cast, and it says Vigilante. Then, when I read that, I go, oh, interesting, okay, okay, I didn't know I was going to play this guy. That's pretty fun. That's when I did all my nerdy stuff that I take a lot of pride in and did my reading. I spoke with Mark or Wendy, where I was telling them how about how I'm reading up on Vigilante and Chase, and they're like, oh, yeah, oh, okay, we have to explain something to you. <laughs> and what that is, is we don't give a shit about the source material. <laughs> <laughs> what we should explain is that you're wasting your time. And adorably, I may add. Yeah. We just, we like to do, we do this thing where we like to give people names that make it seem like you're going to be somebody. Sure. And then you're not somebody. Yeah. That's the only way we have of subverting the audience's expectations because we have no imagination. <laughs> Sorry. Um, that's mean, and it's not completely accurate. You know what? Arrow Season 5 has been really good. I should just shut up. <laughs> I, I'm going to go with you should shut up on that one. It, it has been fun. Yeah. They have thrown us a few yeah. curves. Adrian Chase does I not have bad. to be vigilante necessarily. No. No, and apparently you know, he's still, he's actually not named Adrian Chase, so that's yeah, that's which has been pointed out. Yeah, uh, uh, so it's just you know I get I get a little weird, I get a little tetchy, they might say, mm-hmm. uh, or it's been it's, we've we've dealt with so many so five years of this. Just because this year has been good didn't mean that I wasn't sick of it last year or the year before. Like, stop throwing names at me and making me excited for a thing and then turning it around on me. That I, doesn't make I me happy. That part, gets, that part gets hard to deal with. It's just not, that's not fun for me. Like, I'm watching this, I'm not watching this show because I'm like, oh, what's going to happen? It's not like I'm watching Lost. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, I know that Oliver Queen is going to win. I know that he's the Green Arrow and I know he's going to win. <sighs> you know, I. Uh. It's not like you're watching Lost wondering when you're going to lose your sanity. <laughs> or when you're going to give up on narrative as a concept. Right. <laughs> right. I'm just saying, you know, Lost is the last time, you know, I remember really thinking, like... When can a show be 80% even... Easter egg and 20% not plot? <laughs> it was about 90% plot, and it just had, you know, what people... Like, people were just making up Easter eggs, I think. Mm-hmm. But... The fun part of Lost was that I got really wrapped up in it. And it, you know, it did. I, I stand by the last episode. I liked the last episode. I didn't when it aired. But, you know, Time. I, I hated it, grew it when on it you, aired. Right? 
I hated it when it aired, but when I thought about it over time, I was like, oh my gosh, that's really pretty beautiful. Mm-hmm. Because, and I'm not going to get into Lost exactly on how all that went down, but I think that's the mark of a good show. Whether Because no, no ending is ever going to be exactly what you thought it was going to be, and no ending is ever going to fulfill everything you wanted it to fulfill. No. Um, especially when you're so uh, wrapped up and, and involved in a TV show. But... I've had you know, years, still, years to consider The Sopranos and Dexter, and they can still go both. They, they can fuck themselves. Yeah, but Lost, on the other hand, and I would agree with. I don't know about Dexter, but uh, Sopranos, I would agree with you. Um, Lost, I, you know, it was, you know, mere weeks, mere months before I was. You know what? That's really cool. Um, and you know, looking into Lostpedia, there were only like two things, like two things that weren't completely. They were like partially partially solved everything else was solved Mm -hmm. and you're like oh well that's not bad at all then like what was i bitching about (laughs) this is actually a pretty solid show it's all ran together okay okay. all right fine so um you know and if you didn't get it i'm sorry you didn't get it and uh i get it i get what the what damon lindelof says and carlton cues and i'm not saying that i dig with damon lindelof completely but you know I'm just saying, you know, when you look back on a TV show, if you're still thinking about a TV show years after it came out, they did a pretty good job, didn't they? I still go back to Sopranos. Eh, Sopranos was a cop-out, though. Like, you can still think about it, but it was a cop-out. Like, they threw enough in there to make you think, like, huh, oh, they played this song on this episode, and maybe that was an indicator. No, screw that. No, it was was bullshit. (laughs) You know, I'm just saying, but... I mean, I'm, I'm, I, I, I'm hard. I take I'm, this stance, come what may. That here's was the bullshit. Thing. I feel like, absolutely, I agree on The Sopranos. Um, I am hard on Guggenheim and Miracle. We both are. Mm-hmm. But we want so badly for Arrow to be good. And it has been great this season. It has been great this season. Wrap it back around to an actual thing and that has uh, DC involved. It has been a great season for Arrow yeah. so far. Dude, everything has DC involved. DC has, like, been around <laughs> since, like, the 40, 30s. Not the 40s, 30s. It, we're, um, we're looking at 77, 78 years, depending on, like, where you see the roots. DC has informed uh, American culture and American narrative. Hugely. Um, so, absolutely, DC is involved in any of this crap that we talk about. Absolutely it is. Um, and But importantly, you know, I don't want DC to be relegated to... You know, oh well, that's you know comic book television, and you know I we've we've read reviews of from our show people talking about how we're a little harsh, you know, and, or too harsh, or you know, and we've also heard people saying that we we are blind uh, optimists about the whole thing. I don't think we're either. I think we toe a line, and sometimes we joke around about Guggenheim being a liar. And a sack of crap or something, but <laughs> he's done. I don't a think fantastic. we've actually used They've the term a... sack of crap. But liar, we've no, we haven't. Accused... We haven't. We haven't said sack of crap. We've I just thought it'd be funny. Definitely accused the gigs <laughs> of lying. I totally just thought that would be funny. Yeah. But uh, you know, like I would, uh, you know, I'm not saying I would, I would kiss his filthy ring finger if I met him. But uh, I, I would be okay with the guy. I'd be like, okay, well, yeah, I would like to just sit down and talk with him and say, like, I'm, I know being a showrunner is harder. I know. I would sure as hell buy him a coffee and say, man, should I, should I get an ambient instead? Right. I, you know, I, I do respect, man. I mean, to the Googs, 
you know, I, I may not agree with your methods, but, you know, humbly bow. Uh, Did work. Dude, absolutely work. <laughs> you know, I would love to, you know, have uh, these DC shows, and I feel like The Flash is achieving that uh, nine times out of ten. Arrow this season, absolutely, but they've been a little rocky. I would absolutely love, though, for DC to be a little more, uh, the DC shows to be a little more, um, I don't know, uh, deep, a little more uh, interesting in their storytelling, and I don't feel like throwing fake names at us is necessarily the way to get there. Playing with our knowledge of continuity, and I know it's hard because in this day and age we have the internet and we can just look up who anybody is and be like, oh, okay, they're crazy quilt. <laughs> okay, well, we have to make them somebody else. I actually but. have to give them that. Um, it, like in a world where all all of this is on display, mm-hmm. I I kind of respect the the fact that they've been hijacking names sometimes. Now, sometimes when you do it with like Baron Ryder, where where it's it's Baron Blitz, Blitzkrieg, and there's no like nothing happened, nothing that even remotely. <laughs> satisfied that yeah. awful character was in play <laughs> that's that's weird that's just weird but like when you when yeah. you take a character that um yeah if you just if you just pull a name somewhere and hijack it a little bit and and do something different there there's something different to that it mm. it can still mean something you you there's a there's a big universe worth of ips to pull from yeah i'm okay with with redefining some things i just um sure I'm not okay with like redefining some things and and just becoming impotent at the last second. Well, yeah, the the problem is like it, up until the point where we saw Adrian's wife in that hospital room, it would have served the story better, I felt, for him to be vigilante. Based on what I've seen so far. Now, they might finish out the season and make me feel like nope, absolutely he should have been Prometheus. That's fine. Now, I so far I'm thinking he should have been vigilante. So far, you think Adrian Chase still would have been better served as a vigilante? Absolutely. After having stabbed her? No. I'm just saying, up until the point, that's what I just said. Oh, okay. All right. So, we see a couple her episodes, in the hospital room. A couple episodes before. Where he's like, this is my wife. Yeah. Like, I'm like, oh, okay. Things are clearly not right here. Yep. Anyway. I'm just saying, you know, I kind of, once we saw the wife, I was like, oh, this is going to be a name shift. I, it, you know, honestly, like, uh, <laughs> all right. The last episode of uh, of Arrow, you you saw the the wife be presented to uh, Prometheus. They they brought her there to die. Mm-hmm. It was a dumb move on it was Oliver's a part. Dumb move on Team Arrow. <laughs> but I mean, the guy that played like the Josh Segura man, like when he Segura, when he sees when he sees her and he recognizes was about to have to go down, like there's true sorrow in his face. There's regret. Yeah. That he's about to have to stab her. Yeah. So I mean, good on him for being a good. Uh, look, I'm just saying they're not mostly executing it well. I'm just saying it's you know a little weird and off-putting. Anyway, like, not everything has to be away from the comics, guys. Come on. <laughs> it can stay. Anyway, uh, Guggenheim on Felicity's involvement with Helix. He says she's going to get a chance to experience things a little bit more from Oliver's perspective. I think the reason they broke up was her difficulty to see things from Oliver's perspective. They broke up fundamentally because she didn't trust Oliver. And the reason she didn't trust Oliver is she couldn't understand why he made the decisions he made. That sounds like a liar defending a liar. A little bit. (laughs) Sorry. I had to make the joke. I had to. 
I couldn't live with myself if I did. That's fine. I, I, Our listeners know that about me. And uh, I expect nothing less. I, I <laughs> Guggenheim was writing all of those diggle lines, wasn't he? Yeah. <laughs> Probably. You can never trust. You will never really, trust. Really, like, I, I don't know, man. I like she. She's she's going to go into this dark place apparently, and and suddenly see yeah. where she's where he was coming from. I don't know. I don't know what to do with it. I mean. Some part of me says, yeah, she should have seen this before, and some part of me thinks that's the reason we love Felicity so much is that she had to go through this herself. David Ramsey, uh, on his Flash guest appearances, it is actually a lighter atmosphere on Flash because there's bright light, there's a gel with every color, everybody's smiling, everybody's happy, and we're literally separated by a wall. By the way, they have cans of sodas on their show. We don't. We don't get Coke or Mountain Dew or Pepsi. Flash does. Guggenheim joked that they could have soda if Arrow's ratings get up there with the flashes. Take that, Arrow. <laughs> wow. And you know what's funny? I don't think Guggenheim was joking. <laughs> Probably not, no. <laughs> yeah, no, seriously. So, uh, Y'all get your ratings up? I can get... I can. Uh, Pringles can be on your way. Doritos? Um, I, it, what, what's popular now? Uh, I don't know. Uh, we can get Spotify hanging out with you. Uh, we, we, we can absolutely have some Coke and Pepsi on your way. Sure. <laughs> Stephen Amell. And I don't think this is, I don't think this is old news. I, I saw it. I didn't see it in my news stream, but I saw it on Facebook and I don't remember it. Stephen Amell posted a picture of uh, the, um, the Deathstroke mask from the island on the pike with the, with the um, sword, with the arrow through it. With the caption, hello, old friend. Mm. So that happened. <laughs> we know he's going back to the island at some point, right? Yep. Uh, apparently the Arrow finale will be different this year. Wendy Miracle says, I'll just say this, Star City is not in jeopardy. Thank God. Uh, as we've joked before, <laughs> there's always a terrorist attack on Star City in May. Not this time. Prometheus is a very personal villain, very psychological villain, and the ending will be appropriate to that. Amen, sister. Yes. That should be pretty great. Now, um, Juliana Harkavi, the new Black Canary, says she is still waiting to find out whether she will be returning to Arrow in Season 6. So that's kind of weird. Yeah, they've set her up so hard. I I don't know what to do with that. Like, they they have to kill her or write her off or something. Yeah, and I, I don't think it would be great to kill off another Black Canary. What are they, coal miners? <laughs> coal miners canary. <laughs> that all makes sense, I promise. Yeah. Why do you think the canary is black? <laughs> it's from the coal. Yeah. The coal, my boy. She's got the black lungs. Why she don't sing no more. <laughs> Moving on quickly. Yep. Um, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> <laughs> that was for both of us, I promise. <laughs> all right. Fair enough. <laughs> Nether Realm has dropped news of Firestorm via Up Up Down Down's YouTube channel. Some gameplay action over there. If you head on over and check it out, um, so weird that Firestorm is like mainstream lexicon now, isn't it? Yep. God, I remember saying stuff about Firestorm, people being like, "What kind of crack are you smoking?" And I'm like, "Oh, the best kind." Do the 
things, and there's like two of them, and yeah, no, no, firestorm. Uh, smoke this crack, I become the nuclear man. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, he should be fantastic as as an injustice character. That that should be that'll be good. Yeah, uh, WonderCon. Uh, as we mentioned, March 31st through April 2nd in Anaheim, California. This year's DC panels will include Teen Titans Go, Justice League Action, Lucifer, and Gotham. That's a pretty uh, tidy guest list. Mm-hmm. And that's all I've got. Maybe anyone involved with Lucifer will say something <laughs> next week. Like what? Anything involving the next... The next yeah, half of that, had, that series. We haven't had like any real like concrete Lucifer news in quite a long time. No, it's just been sitting there. And I'm a little afraid they're just going to come back over the summer and finish up. No, I they've uh, they've got a couple like air dates laid out, and it's pretty much do they? Yeah, late, uh, you know, May through June. Great. Okay. okay. See you then. What are you doing? Oh, procedural. Oh, okay. <laughs> You know, I I would be uh, I would be lying if I didn't say I wasn't looking forward to God Johnson, whatever that is. Oh, I'm totally looking forward to God jo- God Johnson, uh, Candy Morningstar. Great. Okay. Yeah. Let's see what uh, let's see what happens. Less interested in that, but yeah. Like, oh, look, an obstacle for him and Chloe. Yeah. I know. It um. Yeah, we've got what we've got there. I don't know. Anywho, uh, you got anything else? Nope. Any personal messages for loved ones who may be listening? I love them. That's weird, Jason. Why wouldn't you just call them and tell them that? You made it seem so, I don't know, perfunctory. <sighs> What's wrong with you, man? We are DC on screen. I'm a detached person. <laughs> we are DC on screen. You can find every episode at dconscreen.com. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you can find us at iTunes. Excuse our second Dave. <laughs> also applaud him. He's done his best in the last few episodes. Uh I have. A, a quick for Dave. Yay. Sick as all pollen's fuck. Hanging in there. <laughs> what was that? All of the pollen's fuck? Alright. Yeah. I'm sorry I asked. Um Every episode, DCOnScreen.com. We're on Instagram. We're on uh, the Twitter there. I know it's not popular to say it that way, but um, I just did, so deal with it. He does the Twitters? Uh, We do put out the tweets uh, from time to time. We're on Facebook as well. (laughs) So those things. DC on screen. One word. Just put it all together. Um Proud members of the Giant Size Team Up Network, GiantSizeTeamUp.com. Not even sure I said it that last episode, but you know what? Sorry. Here we are saying it now. And uh, <laughs> uh, we'll be back with more reviews. Uh, do we have four episodes this week, this coming week? I think so, yeah. I think it's all of them. Yeah. It's all the CWDC. Right, right. It's Earth 1 and 38. All of it. Um... So, yeah, uh, it's going to be a fun but tiresome week, we will say. And uh, I, I look forward to all of the shows, and I look forward to talking about those shows with you, Jason, and with you, the listener. 
Uh, you guys can contact us and talk about any of these shows. We'll probably won't t- respond until we've seen the shows, and then we'll respond uh, because we're kindly blokes, and uh, you know we appreciate uh, your patronage to our show. And uh, until then, until such a time as that arrives, keep some DC on your screen. around you that car you're driving that house your family lives in making your daughter laugh inspiring her to dream you did that teaching your son to drive teaching him he can be anything all you and your dreams for tomorrow you'll do that too legacies don't just happen they are made by you the important word being you american family insurance protecting your dreams as you achieve them Insure carefully, dream fearlessly. Products not available in every state. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies. American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Better Banking is getting an unbelievable 0.99% APR rate on a home equity line of credit from First Commonwealth Bank to turn your bathroom into your, wow, I love this bathroom, bathroom. 0.99% introductory APR for six months that adjusts to a variable rate based on Wall Street Journal prime rate plus or minus a margin with a minimum rate of 2.99% and a maximum rate of 18%. Offer subject to change or withdrawal at any time. Call 1-800-711-2265 for details about credit costs and terms. Equal housing lender. First Commonwealth Bank. Member FDIC.